field, people will come. And it doesn't happen. You have to look at how you're doing business. Hello, and welcome to White Sox Business, a podcast that chronicles one man's descent into madness, from being a young, respected baseball writer to a deranged creature who believes he is his own imaginary teenaged son with a soccer career in Istanbul, which was once Constantinople, but now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. I am the man tasked with checking in on his mental state at least twice a week, Tom Fernelli, and our head case is the Athletics White Sox reporter James Vegan James. When you hear the voices, what are they telling you to do? To berate you for writing out that entire stupid joke. <laughs> Which one? There's, there's. I mean, you're gonna have to the be a Istanbul, lot more Constantinople nonsense. <laughs> but Istanbul was once Constantinople, but now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Just now you on. might ask. Just get on with it. You might ask why Constantinople got the works. No, I didn't. You know what, James? <laughs> That's nobody's business but the Turks. I'm going to put in a transfer request for Tiago just to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So how, how you've been, James? How was your weekend? Um, Fruitful, I guess. Um, my mother insisted on us coming over to dinner, and she's the medical director of Cook County, so she probably has a good idea what she's doing, and Bought some uh, groceries for the in-laws and, you know, just was productive. Phone interviews out the yin-yang. Love doing phone interviews. Definitely not something I've always hated and now I have to do all the time. Uh, no no lingering resentment as a result of that. And uh, I definitely pressed the to start the audio recording at the start of the episode as opposed to just doing it now because I realized it wasn't running. What a dick. <laughs> so you want me to do the intro again i mean cam will be fine who cares how many like layers of recording does he need why do you do this he wears three condoms at a time he likes a minimum of three layers (laughs) hefty bags (laughs) so yeah i i hate talking to people on the phone too which is ironic considering i do like what six podcasts a week now yeah (laughs) And now it's it's not like a phone, but it's basically the same thing as a phone. Is this the only phone conversation you enjoy, James? Yeah, I would, I would say so. It's more of a Zoom meeting, though, now that I actually took out the... See, The Athletic has all our company meetings on Zoom, and I've just been going them for months and not realizing that I had never taken off the settings to actually allow my microphone to work during them. <laughs> because so that's I've never, why your I've mic never... didn't work? Because I've never spoken in a company meeting ever, and I would plan never to in life. But um, that, yeah, my favorite thing is like whether it's Zoom or whatever is no camera, no mic, show up, and then go do things while the meeting's going. <laughs> I mean, I listen, but the idea of like they're breaking down like the company financial forecast, and I'd be like, well, how does this? How does how does uh, my my feature on Aaron Bummer kind of play into the larger picture here? It's literally the company is hanging on by how well it does. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to put that stress on the rest of the staff to know that's all riding on me. We're tired of James carrying The guy who can't flick his microphone settings on to, to, <laughs> into the Zoom meeting. Did you guys maintain social distancing while... I'm a ramming man! <laughs> did you maintain social distancing at your mother's during Easter dinner? Um, there were more elbow taps than hugs, but like, I don't think we kept six feet at distance or anything like that. I was going to say, because that would require like a very large table. 
<laughs> we do like, have a very large and we probably could have done it it's like all right everybody I'm, I'm getting a second helping of ham so everybody move away from the ham i gotta go over there and get some well she got this bank table from a friend of hers like 15 20 years ago to fulfill her like megalomaniac what, megamaniacal that's the word uh so, so that word does not mean what you think it means if this wishes is to like host 18 person thanksgiving uh gatherings at around the single table and whatnot but that's insane now it mostly just there's a lot of mail on the end of one of the ta- on the end of the table <laughs> i i like lynn is like that where lynn wants to hosts like big dinners or whatever and it's just it's like god why i don't want that many people in my home well finally you won damn straight this is all a plot by me to not have to talk to people and it's going swimmingly uh so not much has changed in baseball since we last got together although lucas giolito is now playing out an mlb the show season on twitch and i I actually watched him a little bit last night i watched him practice the other day for like 20 minutes i watched him play bo bichette and it was it was strange because Giolito, of course, was the White Sox. Bichette was the Blue Jays. And Giolito was facing the Blue Jays with Lucas Giolito pitching. So Lucas Giolito was controlling Lucas Giolito. Also, Lucas Giolito had Lucas Giolito as the DH. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what his father said his natural position is as a position player. <laughs> It's a very so, much first base DH only. Yeah, so that was that was that was very weird to watch. He won the game that I watched though, so you know, I'm probably the good luck charm. But the weird thing is well, everything's weird, but there it's I don't know. I feel like it would be hilarious if like I said Bobachette was playing as the Blue Jays and then like there are other players in this league who are all playing as their own teams, but wouldn't it have been much better if like somebody like Bobachette or somebody on a bad team would be like, All right, I'm gonna be the Astros <laughs> Yeah, like Nico Goodrum sticking with the Tigers is really like a show. Yeah, like dude, and he won a game. <laughs> nobody, nobody would be like if you did it. I think even your teammates would be like, "Yeah, no, that that makes sense." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Goodrum wins the, wins the tournament, like everyone has to really kind of bow to him because that's that's sheer skill level, just tackling everybody. He hit like a walk off home run with Jordy Mercer. Boom! Can't stop Jordy. But it's it's weird because you see like a weird like there's eight people in it and it's just a mishmash of teams, which brings me to where we're going to start the show with the latest proposal for the return of baseball that came out from Bob Nightingale over the weekend at the U.S. Today. Now, this is just one of several plans that MLB has been working on. We've talked about the Arizona plan. but This was one that Nightingale got some information on. This new plan would include games. Spring training. Yeah. It's spring training. It would include games in both Arizona and Florida, and it would create six divisions based off of, you know, spring training geography. And it has the White Sox in what would be the Cactus League West. So if this plan actually came to fruition, the White Sox would be stuck in a division with the Reds, Indians, Angels, and oh, yeah, the Dodgers. (laughs) I mean, if the White Sox are as good as you hope they are, they're still the best, the second best team in the league. I mean, the the real the real burn is that if they kind of just perform like 50, 50th percentile outcome or underperform a little bit, they could easily be the worst team in the league. There's no like soft cushion where no matter what, they're third place. Yeah, because like the you look at the Reds, they're a team that's ex- like kind of in the same position as the White Sox. They are people, the same team. Yeah, which people are <laughs> expecting them to take the step forward. The Indians are 
you know, they're still a team that finished in second place last year, and they're still not a bad team. And then the Angels have Mike Trout, and they added guys like Anthony Rendon. They've, they're going to have a healthy, hopefully, Shohei Itani. So they're a team that should be good. So it's like, I feel I like... I feel like we've been saying that about them for like five years, though. Yeah, true. I mean, the only good news is that White Sox fans would actually be able to see Mike Trout play more often than they usually get to. <laughs> but that could yeah, also... Yeah, I sure that they could view be that as good news. news. Yeah. <laughs> But no, this is weird because like this plan in general, we've again, we, we talked about the Arizona plan and I am not optimistic about that thing coming to fruition. And I'm definitely not optimistic about this one because just based on the way things are now, like you think of the logistical nightmare of this working if everybody was in Arizona. Now they've got to do it in two separate places. And in Florida, it's not like Arizona where the teams are kind of centrally located they're all spread out now you get the benefit of having both the Tropicana Field and Marlins Park as places to play games but again now you've got to control two areas one of them being more spread out and there's there's no way this could work where do you put half the teams if they all go to Arizona though because do you have to share the complexes with other teams where the like it, it's very logical if everyone's at their spring training complex, and you can keep like you know the the extra people you need for roster depth on hand, practicing on backfields and whatnot. But what do you do if how how do you handle it if all thirty teams are in Arizona? Where do they practice? Where do they where do they do anything? Or you like, know, it it makes sense, and it makes more sense than the Arizona plan. It's just so much that I don't think that it can work because it's also definitely like let's put baseball in the two states that don't really have a handle on this. <laughs> it's not like we're having everyone play in Washington. <laughs> but they are warm, so that helps. Yeah, I guess. We haven't really seen the fruit of that yet. No, but it's not really warm anywhere yet. I will say, though, there are two aspects of this plan that I do think are interesting and could be somewhat of a peek into other ideas baseball has in that, one... Nobody, there would be no D or there would be no pitchers. Every it would be a universal DH, which you know, there's been plenty of talk about in recent years and seems to be something that baseball wants to do. Although the National League is going to have to be convinced to finally, you know, do what makes logical sense. And also, since it'd be an uneven number of teams in each quote unquote league, there would be at least one doubleheader per day. And I wonder if baseball's not considering if going back to the past for a new idea in a sense that maybe in a way to provide more days off or shorten the season as far as days wise, if they're not considering maybe doing that once in a, you know, like it's a regular thing anyway, where there's more doubleheaders to get through the season quicker. Uh, hot scoop. Players do not love doubleheaders. No, I know, but <laughs> but you know how things work in negotiations. You know, you give us one thing, we'll give you this. I think they could probably get something by threatening the players with regular doubleheaders. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then when they back off of it, they get a concession elsewhere. <laughs> well, I would think that one thing they could do is maybe expand the rosters. Yeah, I mean... Players that, are usually in favor of that because they're just more jobs. Exactly. So I would guess that they would expand the roster by at least one if they were going to implement like a double regular doubleheader, like yeah, or you, scheduled doubleheader. You constantly have the extra man. Yeah. Like I don't know if you could say I would. I wouldn't want to call them regular, but I would. You know, because I don't think there would be one every single day in Major League Baseball, but just like a regular, like once a week, a regular doubleheader to speed things up, and it gives you an extra day off. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it allows Jose Ruiz to go house shopping. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> so, uh, I would say, you know, since we have reference to an article written by Daryl in our rundown here, I, I, I could reference one by my, that I did. No, which was no, that, I'm uh, sick and tired of talking about shit you write. Ugh. Um, James McCann and Steve Ciszek seemed. I mean, on top of the whole family consideration thing and uh, not wanting to live in a hermetically sealed bubble and whatnot, um, they they seemed very worried about the perception of being the guys who are fiddling while Rome burns and the idea that all the testing and and uh, I don't know, PPE or whatever resources would be needed to keep baseball um, safe or uh, free of infection would be being diverted away from while there are shortfalls the rest of, across the rest of the country. They they did not seem very comfortable with that that idea. Um, I, I don't think they want some. Uh, I mean, obviously, baseball players live by a totally different standard of living than the rest of humanity. But I think they'd like it to be less uh, apparent than all of them are getting tested every single day to make sure that they're safe while um, people are dying in their homes uh, in other parts of the country. They seemed uncomfortable with that. I don't know why, but uh, you know that's how they feel. Yeah, that's one of the things the NBA is dealing with, too, because the, of the backlash they received where it was like, you know, after Rudy Gobert first came up positive, like the entire Jazz team was tested within, you know, like an hour. And it's like this was at the very first outbreak of everything where nobody was getting anything, and yet the Jazz were able to get tested, and NBA teams were getting tested, and it was kind of a PR thing for them where it was like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this or at least being as – public about it so now like that's i think that's something Shaq that harrison is asymptomatic but we need to get him tested yeah exactly and i think <laughs> that that is something that every sports team every league is going to have to deal with trying to figure out how to toe that line but at the same time i do feel like the way that this country works as it is i do think that one thing that maybe a large portion of of the the population in the United States might be after a couple months of no sports, they might they might just be willing to let it go if it brings back sports. <laughs> like they might just be like, yeah, it's it's fucked, but we'll have stuff to watch. So you know, you got to take the good with the bad. I would say that the people making that decision probably aren't the you know the most vulnerable population, and the most vulnerable population which would take issue with the decision never gets listened to anyway. So yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, see, win some, lose some, or just lose them all. You know or, what can you do? <laughs> win some is in some of us win all the time, and some of us lose all the time. Uh, it, yeah. If you know what was who's oh, what the hell was it? DJ Khaled. All I do is win. Who did that song? That was DJ Khaled. Yeah, like there's T Pain, whatever. There are DJ Khaleds, and then there's, there's the hip else. cast. Speaking of DJ Khaled, why why is he a thing? <laughs> um, he's uh, he's enthusiastic, but like is I don't know. It's he's one of those people that just showed up out of nowhere, and I was like, whoa, how does this guy so like popular and you know seems to be wealthy but i don't really know anything he's ever done or like anything he's ever done it was already not a hip cast as is but now we're showing our understanding of the rap world as dj khaled showed up out of nowhere um dj <laughs> khaled who me. physically has never snuck up on anyone ever <laughs> <laughs> maybe we just move to the next segment fine uh speaking Let's of the next- start talking about fog hat or something <laughs> smoke on the water that That's a Foghat song, That's Deep right? Purple. Yeah, who did... Wh- what's what's Foghat's number one song? Slow Ride. Slow Ride. There we go. 
I don't know, man. That's like those one hit wonders from the seventies. I don't remember which songs they did. I just remember the songs. We should just let's. Is there, you is talk there about a genre of music uh, that you're hip with? Uh, yes, nineteen forties techno jazz fusion. Nineteen forties techno. Yeah, jazz fusion. <laughs> it was it was computerized. It was like they had one of those giant supercomputers the size of a building, and they they, they made jazz fusion music with it. Anyways, uh, okay, fine. You want to talk about other stuff? Let's go to a real writer, a real beat reporter that you mentioned, yeah. D- Daryl, who Someone wrote grinding out there. <laughs> Daryl wrote last week, and the headline to this story was very like in these times was very like questionable. It was that White Sox is Carlos Rodon optimistic about return to baseball. When I first thought, I was like, wait, his or baseball? <laughs> both <laughs> but he talked to rodon who as we know you know had had tommy john missed most of last season and if things had gone to its schedule was somebody that the white Sox were hoping would be like a mid-season late mid-season addition to their starting rotation but the way things are going and what he talked to rodon about was he might be ready for the quote-unquote start of the season things the way it's going up uh, rodon said that you know it will be where's the damn quote he said i'd love to be one of the starters there ready to take the ball that would be awesome but he also said that you know he thinks that he'd be ready to pitch in june being ready is uh, realistic but he also says that you know it's not really up to him and he admits that it's going to be up to the team and the medical staff and he says that would be a significant if but let's just toy with the idea that the season starts whether hopefully fingers crossed june probably not maybe july what if both Rodon and Kopech are healthy, ready to go? Then you've got Giolito, Keuchel, Ronaldo Lopez, Dylan Cease, Gio Gonzalez. So now you're starting the season with, you know, seven quote unquote like healthy starters. What what would they do? I mean, it really depends, right? Um, I mean, if it's in July, I would think that it depends on like what kind of roster. Uh, allocation they have if they get like three extra guys and you're kind of starting up like in rapid fire and you have like two weeks to ramp up guys so no one is ramped up and they've all been off for like three months then yeah it it seems very plausible i I think they would probably ideally uh get rode on some minor league starts that was definitely the plan that he just needed to like knock off the rust but like that's literally not an option in this literally unprecedented situation so i i wouldn't dismiss any it's hard to like speculate or hypothesize about like this thing that I have no idea what it'll look like or has no prior precedent, but I, I wouldn't dismiss any possibility that they just would need all their starters possible because no one can really go more than three or four innings. So they would take everybody they have on deck. And the fact that, yeah, Kopech would 100% and 150% be totally ready to do that. And um, Rodana, uh, I should be ready. He hasn't had any hiccups or anything like that. So I, I would think by if the season's starting in July, he would at least be um, ready. And the fact that they don't have any kind of real other method to work him up to speed, maybe he's doing one to two inning, three innings uh, outings that he would be doing in the minor leagues in June, if that's when the play is restarting in some unforeseeable situation where um, some sort of miracle treatment has been worked out. But yeah, I, I don't know. Why not? Oh, you know what? I just remembered. Uh, what, that life is uncertain or that the Rona is currently ravaging the planet? No, nah, no, nah, fuck that. 
when we were talking about music a minute ago, I should have brought up Goo Goo Dolls, your favorite band. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, well. I I have nothing to hide as far as my opinion on Goo Goo Dolls. I hated that song the moment it came out, <laughs> and I held to it, you know, for the, I don't know how long it's been, 17, 18 years. Like, there's, there's no, like, picture of me ever enthusiastic about Goo Goo Dolls that anyone can dick up on me. There's no, like, positivity or any, like, remotely complimentary statement I've ever given about that band or that stupid, what is it, City of Angels? What was that movie from? That movie sucked, too. City, all, yeah, of I think it, it, all of it stunk. <laughs> I think it was All City of it was a low Angels. point in our culture. And Nick probably, Cage and Meg Ryan was that? It, it probably... <laughs> it's probably the reason we have the Rona right now, that, that movie. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just picturing you now with, like, the Goo Goo Dolls haircut with, like, the bangs <laughs> and eyeliner. <laughs> See, that's another thing that's easily disprovable. My hair does not go down when it grows out. As I can show you right now, it puffs up higher and higher. Like, soon enough, I'll be, like, touching the ceiling of my apartment. Because yeah, we my get hair an just iron. More, more vertical. Get an iron. You can do it. An iron? Yeah. Like, for clothes? Yeah. On my head? Yeah, not on your head. You just put your hair. Jesus, James, do you not know anything about hair? Uh, No. Wow. Wow. Well, I can tell. For the, but no, for, I, for I just, a lot of my life, I was trying to get basically like the Derrick Rose fade. So I had very little hair on my head whatsoever. What about the throat tattoo? <laughs> Still in development. We're trying to figure out uh, what Tiago based tattoo to get. <laughs> get Tiago tat- tattooed on your throat. I should edit my character and just have him like what play a season with a scruffy beard and also definitely get a tattoo at some point. And the O can be a soccer ball. <laughs> That's really cool. It's extremely cool. Like like uh, like all the players who have like their name and number are tattooed on their back or shoulder. Hell yeah! Oh man, you'd be awesome. It'll be great. But no, I, I going back. I, I guess we can go back to talking about the White Sox. I do think. What, that, what point of the podcast are we just talking about weird tattoos I've seen in the clubhouse? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, let's be real. What has this podcast been the last few weeks, if not us just talking about things we didn't really expect to talk about? Yeah, I mean, me playing video games has been one of our most reliable segments, and it will be a segment in today's episode as well because we've got we've got to catch up. But before we do, I, I agree. I think that at the beginning of the season, whenever it starts, they would probably use all seven guys. And then I think that once everybody is kind of warmed up and ready to go, I would probably expect Gio Gonzalez to be like a swingman type role. And then whether all it's swingman. Yeah. But then whether it's like Ronaldo Lopez or whoever's struggling, we'll just get, you know, knocked from the rotation and used in the bullpen and used as depth in case somebody gets hurt. And which I mean, will happen. Yeah. Because odds are always good that a pitcher is going to get hurt anyway. And now this year, I feel like it's the odds will probably increase in, in the kind of injuries that we would see with pitchers. But at this point, I'm happy to hear that Carlos Rodon says he's still on schedule and he's getting pretty close to 100% because it would be nice to have him ready-ish to go from the jump because I think that way, if we mentioned earlier, if the the White Sox are like a 50th percentile of expectation, I think that having Rodon as for as many games as possible only increases the possibility of reaching, you know, higher percentile expectations. And that would be good, which is a really weird and long-winded say of saying that Carlos Rodon good for team. Yeah, I I think he gets underplayed. I mean, I think he's really talented. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's ever like obviously with the injury history that you can't really say like two hundred innings is going to happen, and it won't have it, to. It, it is part of the package. How much he's like had the pitch when he's compromised, and how much that's affected his results. Like you can't just say like, well, when he's perfectly healthy, like 
the way people would say about like 38 Paul, year old Paul Canerco. Like, well, once the wrist stops floating around so much, it will be great. Like, it's just not going to happen again. But um, yeah, I thought he was really great in April and he was pitching with like a 90 mile hour fastball. Like mm-hmm. after like a year and a half of like covering Giolito's like Lopez inconsistency with their breaking stuff and be able to command it. When Carlos Rodon came back from that shoulder injury and he just had that slider in his back pocket like all the time. I was like, oh, wow, that's what it looks like when someone can consistently execute a 70 grade breaking pitch. That's yeah, I, I understand why they haven't thrown this guy away. That's not you don't see that all the time. Yeah, I mean, he he had a four nine four ERA in April, but that was kind of misleading just from certain starts that he had bad performances and not being a whole lot of innings to help make up for it. But no, he looked, I mean, starts where the elbow may or may not have been gone already. Yeah. It, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was the last few starts of the year for him, in which the shit just kind of fell off a cliff. Uh, speaking of falling off a cliff, young Tiago Fegan took a leap of faith off of a cliff in Dublin and landed in Istanbul. You made the transfer to Besiktas. How's it going? When was the transfer window? Was that December or January? January. Okay. So I transferred to Besiktas uh, at the... Tiago transferred to Besiktas. Yeah, there you go. See, there's that descent into madness. (laughs) At the end of January. So we're at the end of... Near the end of March right now. Um, Tiago's played in two games. Um, They've had both league games and... UEFA, whatever that thing is, the Europa League. Europa League, which is, it's like the Junior Champions League. Yeah. Um, he has played in two games in two months. <laughs> he got into, like, they played some team I can't remember the name of in Europa League, and they lost 4-1 in the first game. So they're down, it was like a two game, and then the aggregate score. Put Tiago in for game two, get a message from the coach like, you know, what the fuck, why not? play <laughs> let's see what you got mm-hmm. uh tiago has a goal and two assists um the team is up four nothing by halftime and win five nothing and win an aggregate <laughs> tiago does proceeds to not play for another month <laughs> they play inter milan in the next round of ufo get waxed twice don't tiago doesn't sniff the field um and now that i guess they're out um is that how it works yeah, it's in group play. The top two teams in each group move on to the. Yeah, I think uh, we we they won in round of thirty two to get into the round of sixteen and get just obliterated by Inter Milan, and now they're done. Um, Tiago got into a league game. His first, his first, uh, whatever. What's the league called? What's uh, the, the Turkish Super League. Yeah, it's like league was something or whatever. Uh, scored a goal. Scored two goals. Two goals, no assists in his last game. Um, didn't really do do much uh, second half, but, you know, he had an impact. Had a lot of shots on goal. Um, I don't have a lot of skill level as far as shots on goal, so it's good as far as value. I kind of mm-hmm. just cleaned up a... He kind of cleaned up a miss <laughs> for his first goal. It was like a, a block. and A the, poacher. The, the um, It was deflected right to him, and he just pounded it in, and then... Um, because his teammate was on the ground and he was standing over him, uh, the replay is really funny because the teammate's standing up and Tiago's straddling his head and gets flipped over. And it's, it's hilarious. Did but, he get hurt? <laughs> no. He, he, he was sitting on his teammate's face for uh, you know an awkward period of time. But so, <laughs> my my so I haven't turned it on since then. 
Um, I don't know if this. Oh is wow, are you like are you like protesting? No, it's just late yesterday afternoon was when I did this. Oh okay. Been doing a lot of practicing and drills in the meantime. There was one week where I got like a, a got like an email from the coach, and it was like, uh, you know, Ruiz is suspended for getting a you know is something something yellow card of the season. You know, show me something to practice and. S- Show me that you you're the guy we should put in, and uh, I guess I guess Tiago didn't do well enough in practice because he did not play after that. <laughs> um, but a bunch of guys, like four guys, are going to like international. Uh, got some email that they were going to like international obligations or whatnot. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a World Cup qualifying or what have you. Um, that's above Tiago's pay grade. So theoretically, there should be playing time openings. Um, no. Over the, over the next week. Nope. International breaks will. The, the schedule in your league will coincide with the international break. There won't be games played. Well, fuck. Um, so no, 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 really, uh, no respite from there, there's, there's no, basically every five games, the coach sends an email like, Oh yeah, I haven't been playing you very long. And why don't I give you a chance? And Tiago plays extremely great and then doesn't play again. So, I mean, uh, he's playing you against the scrubs. I guess, but we they were really kind of a desperate situation when he played in that second UEFA game. So I don't know what that was. Um, yeah, but you were probably playing like the worst team in the group. Maybe, but the worst team in the group had beat them 4-1 in the first game. Yeah, well, you know, that happens. <laughs> uh, the team they played in league play was like eighth in an 18-team league. So like they were middle of the road, but they weren't awful. Well, it was only know. a 3-2 win. All I could say is, you know, just keep just keep your head. You know, keep working, and and it'll show. You'll, my, you'll get your chance. My solace is that in this universe, the Besiktas blogs are probably beside themselves with like hashtag Free Tiago fever. Like he, <laughs> you know, like the 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 Besiktas version of like Ricky is like losing his head because <laughs> he's got some asshole like James Fegan asking him every day, like so. Uh, the the fans seem to want Tiago Fegan to be playing. What, did, is there a reason he's not? Sorry, I was thinking of the the Besiktas version of Ricky O'Donnell. He's oh. probably tweeting extremely <laughs> angrily. <laughs> like, what the hell are they doing? Oh. This guy comes in and, like, wrecks shit, and then they bench him for another, like, three weeks. Ricky O'Donnell is probably currently running through the streets nude. As yeah, he is. That's why I was thinking of him. <laughs> White Sox announced that Gar Foreman was fired as we started recording. So that's cool. That's, you know... I don't think he got long enough. I think he needed a few more years to establish himself. Uh, I've also started a video game thing. I bought, I downloaded Civilization Six on the PlayStation Four, so I played that a lot over the weekend. That's that seems even more bland than what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it on <laughs> every episode of the podcast, but I just I needed a break from FIFA myself. I needed something that wasn't sports that was a little more strategy kind of thing, and I never played Civilization Six, so. There is nothing more strategic than soccer. True. <laughs> tactics, they're called, James. Tactics. Uh, okay, so let's let's do shout-outs, because now we've, we've been on here for half an hour without saying anything. And if you've made it this far into the episode, cool. You've got nothing else to do either. But let's do shout-outs. My shout-out is to the dude I saw that was definitely doing a drug deal while I was walking Frankie on Sunday. We're walking down the street. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give the intersection, but it's in. It's in my neighborhood. You're not a narc. No. And a guy comes out of like an apartment building on the corner with something in his hand, gets into a car parked right there on the corner, is in the car for about like thirty seconds, 
gets out of the car with nothing in his hand and walks back to the apartment building. And he makes eye contact with me as he's doing it. And I just give him like the head nod and he gives me the head nod back. So I think he understood that I knew what was going on, but that was cool. Wonder what, uh, wonder what are we selling? That, see, that's the thing. Cause it's like, I don't know. You, you'd think that it's probably just weed, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know what the legalization... recreational place is open to. Yeah, just that's what I'm saying. I don't know what the legalization of weed has done to the weed selling economy outside of like Can't the dispensaries. Great. Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like, you know, probably more than any other industry right now, <laughs> weed's having the biggest trouble. But no, so I don't know. Not minor league baseball, weed. No, weed. Weed, <laughs> weed dealers have been hit hard by the coronavirus <laughs> and legalization. Just been an awful few months for weed dealers in the state of illinois james who's your shout out for uh my shout out is to dylan cease who dylan cease never heard of him tell me about him um about six months ago dylan cease from the information i've gathered commissioned t-shirts black t-shirts with a little green circle background that had the picture of lucas giolito's head on top of an ice cream cone and it said lucas giolito on them Faced with an excess of them one night uh, late in last season. How Lucas many Gio- did he have made? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> what did he think he was going to sell? <laughs> Lucas Giolito said, what size are you? And I said, I'm down to a large because at that point I was peak of proud of my um, uh, weight loss. And he just shoved one into my chest and said, here, take it. And I said, really? I don't know what to do with this picture. That's just your face on it. <laughs> He's like, take it. And he insisted upon it. I think he gave Merkin one, too. <laughs> and so it's been sitting in my house um, for um, pretty much ever since I got it and took a photo of it because it was funny. But, uh, you know, I didn't feel normal um, wearing Lucas Chilito's face on a shirt, just like I don't wear White Sox merchandise of any kind. I wouldn't consider this official merchandise, but it was still strange. But it's... Shout out to Dylan. It's an unfathomably soft material. And given how much we've kind of avoided doing laundry since, uh, you know, social distancing and all with a uh, in-building laundry that's shared by the entire apartment building, we've kind of been lagging on it. Um, a, a member of the vegan household might have been might, might be wearing the Lucas Giolato t-shirt right now. It's not me. I'll give you that. But it's Tiago. <laughs> it's it's Tiago. Wow. Well, so thank you, Dylan Cease, for clothing James's wife. <laughs> Indeed. It's, very, very very it's, nice com- it's, a, it's, it's a very soft fabric. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening again if you made it this far. And if you haven't, don't worry, we understand. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, hopefully, with a little more to talk about. And, you know, may- maybe maybe even someone to talk to. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, until then, just, you know, stay safe. And just hopefully one of these dumbass baseball plans they keep coming up with that has little chance of working will eventually work. Maybe that's maybe that's a secret. If there's like, you know, one in a million chances of a plan working, if you come up with a million plans, one of them will work. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the policy they're following. It's just simple math. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>